If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 319. My baby just turned one. How? Like, how did we get here so quickly? This is a special birthday edition of The Gold Digger Podcast. And since it's Coco's birthday, the day it comes out, seems like the perfect time to welcome my best friend, my husband, my baby daddy, Drew Kutcher, back to the show. Now, we gathered your questions and audio messages about life and parenthood, marriage, business, and more, and we're answering them together in celebration of Conley's birthday. I love that she's going to get to go back and listen to us talk about her first year, the first year we kept her alive, and I hope she loves this episode as much as we do. But maybe she'll feel a normal dose of embarrassment over her parents when she listens. For now, I'm just going to assume that she thinks we're super cool and funny and amazing and all the things. And I mean, thank God she can't roll her eyes at us yet. If you want to hear the surprising origin story of her name, what we're doing as parents that we said we'd never do, and how we're keeping our marriage in focus with a little babe in the mix, it's all inside of this episode. Now, before we dive on in, I just want to share a little bit about my husband, Drew. A lot of you can probably relate to him in ways that I can't. You see, Drew yearned to be a parent for years. And when we went through our struggle to become parents, he was just kind of in this season of waiting, like really waiting. He didn't want to dive too deep into a career because he knew his deepest desire was to be a stay-at-home dad. And watching him this past year has been one of my greatest joys. It's been really crazy for me to juggle career and motherhood, but seeing him just step so seamlessly and selflessly into the role of taking care of both of us and just kind of grounding us this past year, it's been incredible. And I just wanted to say thank you, babe, because I couldn't do any of this without you. So if you are listening to this and you are one of those behind the scenes roles, or as we call it, the domestic engineer, I just want to shout out and say thank you. You have one of the hardest jobs in the world. And I think a lot of times you don't get the appreciation and respect that you deserve. So babe, I love you. I respect you. And I'm so excited for people to listen in on this conversation. Are you ready, guys? Let's go, Coco. 
You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. And we're off. We have two dogs in our laps, a baby sleeping on a monitor, and I think we should cheers. All right, babe, we survived year one. Mm. In case you're wondering, Drew is drinking a Miller Lite. I am drinking a jalapeno mezcal margarita, compliments of my team that sent me mezcal and jalapeno margarita mix. What a great team you have. I know, it's delicious. It's pretty sweet. Okay, so first things first, Conley is one year old today. We made it, babe. Oh my gosh. We're not dead. Baby's not dead. <laughs> We're all alive. All is well. <laughs> so we celebrated Conley's birthday a little bit different than the traditional first birthday party. And it was super intentional on our part. So Conley's birthday falls right around Christmas. And we talked so much about it because we've been to really elaborate birthday parties for kids. And it just didn't resonate with us. One, because she'll never remember it. But two, because we're so freaking fortunate. So we decided to kind of flip the whole birthday concept on its head. And instead of doing themed envelopes and invites and balloons and all the things, we just wanted to use her birthday to spread joy just like she does. And so we teamed up with a local organization called Safe Haven. It's a shelter and a resource center in Duluth, Minnesota that helps women and children in need. And so if you want to join us and celebrate our sweet cocoa, you can just go to jennacutcher.com slash cocoa. And they set up an Amazon wish list so you can order products to help their shelter, or you can just make a quick monetary donation. But everything goes to them this season. And we asked all of our guests for her birthday party to not bring any presents because we don't need anything to just show up and hopefully help us give back. So again, jennacutcher.com slash cocoa if you want to learn more about her birthday. So Let's dive on in. How has the last 365 days been for you, my love? A lot of uh, they were right comments going on. <laughs> like, I, t- I told you so kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a whirlwind fastest year ever by it's been far. Crazy. It's crazy to watch her grow so quickly. One year went by the fastest year of my life, I feel like. Yeah. And I mean, getting a routine was huge for us. Yeah. We'll talk about that. She's just, she's just, it's just insane. It's insane. Okay. So we got some questions from our peeps that we're going to be answering. So the first one is from RJ Expressions. And they said, how did you choose your daughter's name? Do you want me to say it? (laughs) (laughs) We had no idea. (laughs) I know. Whenever we meet parents-to-be, we're like, hey, have you figured out a name yet? And if they say no, we're like, oh, we get it. Naming is so hard. We had a short list of names. We didn't know if she's going to be a girl or a boy. Um, Someone had messaged me on Instagram and her name was Conley. And I loved the name. And I messaged her back. And all I said was, do you like your name? (laughs) And she said, yeah, I love it. I'm the only Conley I know. People always know who I am. It's easy to spell. It's easy to say. And that just kind of stuck with me. So Conley was one of our top contenders. We had two girl names, two boy names. And she came out and it took us a full 24 hours to decide. And then Kate is after my sister. So Conley Kate, we call
call her Coco most Co- of the Coco time. Coco is what it is. I think Kylie's more of like her formal, like going to church name. <laughs> but Coco is so much easier, and it's just the. It's her joyous little name. She's a Coco. What up, Coco? Yeah. Okay. Courageously You says, who do you think she looks like? Everybody says, I mean, like whoever's holding her, they always say, but I think it's me. Well, What do you think? I mean. I think she looks like a baby still. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I think she looks like me, but then I see pictures of her with you and I'm like, oh, she is all you. So I agree. I think it's whoever is holding her. And it's funny because we'll go places and people will be like, oh, she's all dad. Or they'll be like, oh, she's all mom. So who knows? There's no one way or the other. Whatever you think is right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So someone said, it might be too early to say, but have either one of you emerged as the tough parent or the softy? Is think, that hard to answer? No, I think no. we knew coming in this was going to be easy. <laughs> I'm the softy. 100% yeah, softy. Total softy. <laughs> I'm the hard one. Today she was even crying in her little pack and play and Drew just runs over to her and I'm like, let her figure it out. It's funny, but I don't mind it. I think it's cute. I just don't like seeing her cry. Okay, next question. What is one routine or ritual that you have with Conley that you love? What's your answer? Gosh, there's so many things. I think my favorite part of the day is waking her up, whether it's from a nap or her sleep. I she think always it has is a smile best. on her face. She's always like, here you go. Here's my nook. Here's my little blankie. How are you doing? She's so joyous when yeah, you wake her up. I think that's my favorite. We fight over who gets to wake her up. And I just, I think that is my favorite. Her, her hair is everywhere. She's just like this little smiley girl when she wakes up, which is funny because I was always like that. But my siblings were like awful when you woke them up. They just mm-hmm. did not want to wake up. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite part of the, the day? Uh, the easy one would be putting her in the ergo and vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge win for me. But I also love reading to her. She's she's fun to read and she'll turn the pages and she'll like just chill on your chest. So, But vacuuming is <laughs> one of my favorite hobbies, as you know. Yeah. You guys are a good team. She squeals when you vacuum. She thinks it's so funny. And she'll hang on to one little rattle the entire time and just stare at the dogs <laughs> as they're chasing after us. Okay, so we got some audio questions sent in. And so here is the first one for us. Hey guys, my name is Bailey and I'm wondering how you keep your marriage the focal point while making business happen. My husband and I are business partners in the business that he runs on a day-to-day basis. And my day job is to run the business that I started from the ground up. On top of that, we have three wonderful but busy kids. We find it hard to have anything to talk about other than the goings-on with our businesses and our kids. Okay, Bailey's question is epic. And first things first, I feel like we shouldn't even be giving advice because we do not have three children. So, superhero Bailey. But... I do have, I have some thoughts and then you can share your thoughts. I think one of the biggest things for us that we've always done as long as I've had my business, which is going on nine years now, is that we'll talk just a little bit about business. Drew knows the like big picture of what's going on, but he doesn't necessarily understand or know the day to day of the business life, which is intentional because I'm living it. Why does he need to live it too? And so I feel like we've always had a healthy boundary where I'll tell him the things that he needs to know or things that help him understand what I'm excited about or what I'm working on or what's stressing me out. And we've really learned, especially with parenting, 
that I have to be the one to communicate like, hey, this is going to be a busier week or I have more recording this week or I'm going to need an extra hand here. But when we go on dates and stuff, we try to limit the Conley conversation because one, we're always just like, oh my gosh, she did this. It was so cute. Oh my gosh, let's check at her monitor. Like all these things when my mom is babysitting. But the other thing too is just like checking in like, how are you doing? How was your day? Regardless of if you were working in the business or not. I want to hear what you have to say though. Yeah, I mean, the whole foundation is our marriage it all started with us together. So I think just reminding ourselves that we both still love each other and that we're still caring about each other and how your day was not only like, obviously we're with each other all the time. I see how you're doing, but how are you actually doing? How is work going? But how is like, how are you doing? I think it's huge. I honestly love being the behind the scenes person too in our new roles where you tell me like how work's going and I'm just like, all right, what do you want for dinner? Like, (laughs) I don't really need to know. You're, I don't even know a whole lot about the, the inner workings, like you said. So, I mean, just being normal married couple and not talking about the uh, external stuff as much. I thought of another thing, too, because I'm sure people listening to this are like, okay, but that doesn't really help. But like ask questions. You always tease me like I'm the queen of 21 questions. And so it'll be like the most random thing. Like what was your childhood dinners like? Mm -hmm. Or like what did your grandma's house smell like? Or like I'm still learning things about you. Yeah. And so if you need to like go on to Google or Pinterest and just find interesting questions to ask someone you love, for me, like asking those questions is just a way to like tap into the actual person, their history, their passions, instead of just talking about business. And when you catch yourself talking about business, you guys should put like a dollar into a jar and then take a date night where there's no business talk. One other piece of advice that I heard once, and Drew and I used to practice this more when he worked his nine to five, is that he'd come home and we'd have five uninterrupted minutes to talk about our days where we wouldn't be distracted. We'd be all in just like, how was your day? You talk, you unload, you unleash, you de-stress, and then you just move on. And that was a super helpful practice to get into. And then it's like, all right, let's get back into life. And so I know business can feel all consuming, but setting boundaries and just really only sharing need to know information has been huge for us, especially as parents. Also setting the phone to the side, like when it's bedtime or whatever, and actually like just looking at each other. Yeah, no phones the in our phones bedroom. phones in the kitchen, yeah. It's the best. It is the best. It okay. saved our lives. Sherelle Slaney says, what are three things you've done parenting-wise that you said you'd never do? Drew was like, okay, we have a million, <laughs> basically yeah. everything. For real. We always thought we'd be the ones, oh, we don't need to do that. This is so easy right now. <laughs> and each month it's like, oh, crap, they're right. <laughs> I think the top three for me have been, I always said like, oh, we'll never be rigid with a sleep schedule. Nope, we are 100% rigid and I love it. And I love our schedule so much that I will pretty much move heaven and earth to stay on it. It's good for all of us. She wakes up hour and a half like on the minute. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You got to set that. Yeah. Yeah. And we Number took one. taking care of babies course and we love her and love it. It's been so helpful. Number two for me was like, I'm only going to feed her like organic, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then today she was eating mac and cheese and she loves her new news. So that was another really funny one. And then number three, the nose Frida. I said I would never do that. That is so disgusting. You essentially suck snot out of your baby's nose and there's clearly a filter that blocks it. That thing is the most glorifyingly amazing invention on planet earth. And Conley got her first cold and we were in Arizona on my team retreat. And I Amazon now a sucker and it was the coolest, best invention ever. 
gross. You did that when you were in Arizona. I wasn't with you. I know. I did it. I haven't. Yeah. Ooh. Nasty, huh? So cool. <laughs> <laughs> Made her happy. Oh, so much. Okay. Megs and Company says, what do you do just for you? So you go first. I have to go to the gym still. That's my me time. Mm-hmm. No matter what we're doing, where we are, I'm like, just give me an hour, 45 minutes, whatever. I just need to go and work out, lift weights, run, Peloton, something that's that's always been my me time. And that always will be my me time. So I'm grateful that Jenna appreciates that. And just something that I got to do to to be a normal person. I think if I don't work out, I'm like hangry, but work out hangry, whatever that <laughs> term would be. Also for you, yard. Take care of the yard. Yeah, you Big just time. love it. Big time. I live in the yard in the summer. <laughs> True is like can the lawn, outside? Can I go outside please? yet? Can I go yeah. outside yet? So you got to keep that up too for yourself, yes, which is good. I for think sure. for me, I need to get better at this. I think this has been my number one struggle this year because I am essentially momming and any break I have from momming, You're I am working. working. And so I feel like I am honestly struggled to answer this question beyond 20-minute Peloton bike rides. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I went to coffee just to have coffee or... You don't do that. You don't no, have to do that at all, actually. No. We got to get better at that. I think one of the hardest parts of we're being totally transparent about parenting, especially when you're running a business and you're leading a team, is it's like when you're used to having come work whenever I want at any time to working in increments and during nap time and after bedtime, all those efficiency hacks and stuff that I used to talk about, they go out the door because you're just trying to get it in when you have time. So for me, my quote, me time right now is work, which I recognize is not really healthy. I think the only other thing I could say beyond Pelotoning, which has been a game changer for me, is reading. And I read Mm -hmm. every night. And that is like a non-negotiable. I don't care if it's midnight or if it's 7 p.m. I read before bed every single night. And that's one good thing. But I do think I need to get better about like activities yeah, that don't involve momming or work. Yes. You love work, though. I love work. You love it. That's like your time. I know, but it can't be my only time. True. Okay, Charlie Kleinhands says, do you feel guilt? Guilt over picking work over your family? If so, how do you navigate that? Yes. Yes, I do. I think one of the hardest things about being a working mom is that when you're working, you're thinking about your baby. And when you're with your baby, you're thinking about work. And I think too, especially the fact that I nursed her this entire year, like every three hours I have to like stop, slow down. And that's usually when my brain is just spinning, especially in the middle of the day when I'm like on fire and I'm working and I've got to pause everything, put her down for a nap. And it's like, it's just like start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. I don't necessarily, I feel like now that we're hitting the year mark, I'm feeling less guilt where I'm like, no, like she needs to see a powerful mom. She needs to see that it's okay that I take a two day work trip. Like I need that for myself. And I think she needs to see that. But I think, yeah, like mom guilt is such a real thing. And I don't think I felt the brunt of it because we've been so fortunate with our situation. Like we are so privileged. We are both home. Drew gets to stay home and be with her. She's never been watched by anyone besides us and my mom. Like we're all together all the time. So I think if I was checking into an office every day or if I had to put her in a daycare facility, like so many other people do that are just doing the best that they can, I think I would feel a lot more mom guilt. So I think right now I just feel super, super thankful and fortunate. But balancing work and her and like feeling like I'm missing out on things because I'm working on a big launch or things like that. 
has definitely been interesting. And I think it's only going to get more interesting as I like dive fully back into my career. It's hard to say that because you, you've been like, I'm speaking for you basically, but you've worked so hard and mommed and work. You're doing these launches. You're doing like the KBB stuff. You are crushing it. And also with her half the time. So it's crazy to say when you say like, I'll be back in it hundred percent full time. Like, how are you not already? Like you're <laughs> kicking it. You're kicking butt. Yeah. But it's kind of crazy. crazy when you look at this year, because I genuinely, genuinely, without a shadow of a doubt can say that I worked part time. Oh yeah. Not I even. mean, I got to get in the yard. You a know, busy, <laughs> a busy day for me would be getting four to five hours of work. And that's yeah. a full day. Yeah. And it's like, when you look at that, I worked eight to 10 hours you're so, before. You're so efficient. Yeah. Crazy. And I have a team that supports it, but yeah, I totally feel guilt. And I, feel very grateful as well with that. Okay. Next question. Funniest moment with Conley so far, any parenting fails to share? I have the best one. Conley was one week old and we were going stir crazy and it was a winter and we decided at the last second, Drew was like, let's go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym. Is it okay? And I was like, oh my gosh, let me just come with you. I want to come see everybody. I want them to meet Conley. And so we like really like in a flurry, we get everyone ready. We get out the door. We're like, what is everyone talking about? This isn't that hard. Like people are saying getting a newborn out the door takes two hours, all this stuff. We get us all there. We're there on time. We get in and I'm like, babe, did you grab the diaper bag? Nope. Did you grab the diaper bag? (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, dear God, please do not poop. Like we do not have diapers. And that was just so funny. It was so humbling to me because I was like, we got this. We're the best. And then like two minutes later, I was like, "Eh, nope, we failed. Also, there's been multiple times where it's been an inopportune time for her to have a diaper and an outfit change, like the time in church in Hawaii was, uh, when she tooted really number, loud. Number one yeah, and I didn't have any clothes to change her into, so she left church in a diaper. And then we also had this really beautiful lunch at this winery in Australia, mm-hmm. and the food's about to come out. And all of a sudden, we looked down, and she had on white overalls, and they were no longer white. And our waitress had to bring our food back out twice because we were in the bathroom so long trying to get her cleaned up. So there's been moments like that where you're like, whoa, this is real and it's happening. And it just happens. Babies require a lot of things. Yes, a lot of things. we are learning. Yes. Okay, we have another audio question. Are you ready? Yep. Hi, Jenna and Drew. First of all, I just want to say congratulations on your cute, precious baby girl and all that you've been able to do this past year. It has been an inspiration. My question is, how has this changed your long-term career goals or has it changed your long-term career goals? So thank you so much for that question. I think that's a great question. And it's been such an interesting year. I'm doing an entire year recap where I walked through the numbers. Did we grow? Did we lose profits? Like what happened this year? And it's been a crazy year because going into this year, I radically blacked out the entire calendar year. And I said, I just want to save the space and the time for me to decide what's right in the moment as a mom. And I'm so thankful I did that because this year brought along so many different opportunities for me in terms of career that I wouldn't have been able to say yes to had I not done that. And it also brought along two trips to Hawaii and a trip to Fiji and Australia and like all of these amazing family moments. It was this beautiful year of like grind it out and go hard and be excited and and like chill, 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 chill. And so 
I would say becoming a parent has changed me in a million ways. But in terms of career, I think the biggest thing that has changed, you can totally talk on this, is my desire for privacy more. (laughs) I feel like going into this year, I love to be in the spotlight. I love to be known. I was a total Enneagram three. And I feel like I've been shifting more towards defining success as like freedom and freedom in privacy. And so I've shifted a lot in the way that I say yes to things, what I say no to, and also just in this desire to continue to build a team to support this bigger mission, which is so much bigger than just Jenna Kutcher. And so for me, looking ahead, like I want to be home. I don't want to have a lot of events on our calendar. I want to be up at our lake house. Like I just want to be present as a mom, but also be going hard at the things that I'm passionate about. And For me, one of the biggest game changers for this year was hitting a huge goal that we had set, which was that I could retire any day I woke up and just didn't want to work again. And for me, that just means that anytime I'm doing something, whether it's recording a podcast or doing a launch or creating a new program, it's because I'm passionate. It's because I care. It's not because I have to do it or I have to get that paycheck or I have to win, whatever that is. And so becoming a mom has just really helped me get laser focused on how I personally define success. And then what am I willing to do to serve the world? And I think it just really shifted from income to impact for me over the last year. How have you seen me change this year? You definitely have taken a step back. You're more private. You're still sharing the things that people want to see and the deep stuff. But I don't know. You obviously want to be more of a mom and be more with family. And it's definitely taken the forefront. Just being more simple and more mindful with us, Coco and I and the dogs and the lake house in Hawaii and just being more relevant being there. Like mm-hmm. you're obviously working a ton, but yeah. you have taken a step back and been like, I want to be chilling with my baby and my husband more than I ever have in my life. Mm-hmm. I think I've so, done a good job going really from like a job. workaholic to like shifting, like kind of hitting the brakes, pumping the brakes. And being like, I'm going to make soup today. (laughs) Yeah, you're like rocking soup at the lake house. You love soup. I'm just a new person there. But yeah, it's been, career has just been super interesting to me. And I think it's just, I'm realizing how fleeting this season is. And I'm also realizing that like my mission is so much bigger and it's showing moms that they can create businesses that don't take away from their families, but add to them. And, And it's just kind of broadened my horizons in not only what's possible, but also like, what am I passionate about? And so, yeah, it's been crazy. And so it's hard to say, I think if I could project or like forecast like 10 years from now, I hope I'm not on Instagram story sharing about what I'm eating for breakfast and instead... I'm working with women-led companies and just helping them grow, launch, and scale, and just being an investor and like investing both personally and financially into women-led companies. Like that's my long-term vision is kind of fading off a little bit in that, in a sense, you know, 10 years from now being 40 something. And that would just be a really cool life for me because I just, I love helping women start and launch and scale their businesses. So that's kind of how the vision has shifted bit instead of just being all about me which is the, great the jenna kutcher shark tank yeah coming soon <laughs> to abc <laughs> i just got to talk to barbara corcoran about that one <laughs> okay next question miles by malzacker says what's the hardest thing you've had to put on pause for a season what about for you 
put on pause. Yeah. Just I'll like quit my job and I'm not really <laughs> working. So that had to be the number one thing. And just really focused on being an amazing dad, an amazing husband and being the behind the scenes guy. And I love it. Yeah. I what love- has that been like, though? Because a lot of people listening to the show have played the role you're playing. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it's like I feel like I have more in the tank to, you know, broaden my career and do something after Coco. I wanted to get into something, but for now it's, it's just, I'm invested in her and invested in you. So I honestly don't know what the long term is. I just know that right now in this, as you say, this season, mm-hmm. I love watching her grow and I'm excited to take her to school and, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. Our parenting, <laughs> we had like the most like parenting <laughs> moment we drove we're going to have her in a Montessori school next year, part-time. So it'd be three days a week, four hours so a day. We had to go on this tour. I felt like we were like in a movie where like the parents are all competitive. Like and watching like, the other parents. How are the children? Yeah. My children's the smartest. It was so funny. It was great. We had an amazing time watching just the process and the way that they lead kids and the guides and everything. And so we just feel super good about that. But we really want her to be socialized and kind and learn manners and learn another authority figure and like also give us a break because literally since she's been born, I think I've been away from her maybe four days total in the last year. And you've probably similar numbers Mm -hmm. there. And so it's kind of insane where it's like, we've been with her day in and day out, 24 hours a day since she was born. And so we're really excited to just kind of have this like new life, but it was just such a parenting moment where like, Oh my God, I feel like we're going to like conferences and we're going to find out if our kid is good enough. I know. It was weird. It was awesome though. It was crazy. I think for me, the hardest thing I've put on pause for a season is like travel. And it's kind of interesting because we've been traveling a ton as a family, but traveling as a family is so different. And going into this year, I think for the last five years, I flew once a month, every single month to different places for work or whatever. And I feel like I'm finally feeling ready again to just start doing short, like two day trips for different events or things going on. So that's been one thing I put on pause. But I mean, we've done our share of traveling as a family and Conley's been amazing for that. I think otherwise, I really don't feel like I've put anything on pause. I just feel like I've gotten really good at clarifying yeses and nos. And so there's nothing like hanging in the mist. We have so many ideas, but my team has just gotten so good at saying, okay, this is the next one. And we're just doing one thing at a time. We definitely have huge vision huge, like exciting things in the works coming up, but it's not something that like we can tackle today. And we kind of have recognized that. So I don't feel like I put anything on pause, but I just feel like things have shifted a bit. You become more efficient with your time. Yeah. And better at deciding things. Okay. Kayla Vivier says, how tall are you? (laughs) (laughs) I am five foot 10. I'm five foot seven and a half. And Conley is... 22 <laughs> inches. <Two> inches. Yep. <laughs> she's got a she's got a big head on her though. Oh, she's big the big cutest. brain in there. Okay. It's kind of weird having a baby and having people like know her name and all that kind of stuff. And to be honest, I think one of the hardest parts about parenthood has just been discerning like what do we want to share? What feels okay to share? Like what do we feel comfortable sharing about our child? And I think one of the craziest things is that since we were so public about our fertility journey, we shared so much of that that it just felt wrong to like withhold this like biggest blessing in our lives. But I imagine Conley someday listening to these shows and just hearing her parents just light up about her. And I imagine her imagining us in this season 
season and, and just thinking. So do you have any things like any memories or things that you want to share about this first year so that we can cheers and say we did it? Um, you have the craziest hairdos, little girl. <laughs> I don't know. I just hope that she, when she grows up, I hope she learns she's not like an entitled person that she works for her what she wants. And I just hope that she appreciates her parents. <laughs> I hope that we raise a kind little girl. I think what I'm most excited about seeing is just watching her grow, not just reading and math and all of those things, mm -hmm. but I want her to be polite and kind and empathetic and compassionate. And I just hope that she just feels passionate and alive, no matter what it is that she chooses to do. And I think when I look at our paths and how nonlinear they've been and how we've kind of ebbed and flowed and made changes and been unsure and then been sure and tried new things, I hope that she sees this life of freedom that we've built out of hard work and she just knows that like the sky's the limit for her. I think that's what I'm most excited for her to see, especially with the life that we've been able to build as a family and just how lucky we are to get to do life together. I just hope that she values that someday and can see all of the seasons of waiting and praying and hard work that led to where we are, which is so crazy. I really hope she just takes a page out of her mom's book and just is comfortable in her own skin and just rocks it, just does what she wants to do and doesn't take any prisoners. And <laughs> she's just a... Uh, take any prisoners? Is that a quote? I think so. <laughs> it does make me think about literally everything, though, because I'm like, she is watching us. She's watching everything. She's I watching know. me. She's watching the way I look at myself. She's watching the way we talk about and ourselves. She's getting smarter. She's, she's so getting smart. so intelligent. And every little thing you do, she's like, I'm watching you, Dad. I know. It just makes us be better people. Like, mm -hmm. I think if we would have recorded this a year ago, like, we're better people today. Big time. For do sure. You, do you think she'll still like Lizzo when she yeah. grows up? She does listen to Lizzo, and we've got to get the non-explicit You need versions. to get the instrumental, uh, <laughs> just the beats. She likes the beats. Oh, that little girl. She's Love totally, you, totally rocked our world. All right, babe, let's cheers to this. We One made it. One year of life. One year of life of our sweet girl. Thank you, Nana. I'll drink to that. Thank you, Nana, for all the giving us some free time. Is this like a Grammy Award speech? I would like to think. Well, mostly just Nana. <laughs> oh, thank you, Nana. As a reminder, if you want to help us celebrate our sweet girl and give back to our local Duluth community, head to jennacutcher.com slash Coco. We are raising money and we are raising Amazon items. We have underwear, socks, books, all different kinds of needs that we can help fulfill for women and children in need in the Northland. And I know it would just bless us and bless Coco so much to know that she made an impact, not just in your lives and in our lives, but in the lives of people that need her the most. So head there, help us celebrate our sweet little girl and happy birthday to our baby. Hey, happy birthday, Coco. <laughs> we love you. Happy birthday, Connie. How are you? How are you? Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you. 
Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home, and thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.